Welcome back to the KPL podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chikisha. And I am the other one, right? This week, we have a fantastical author talking to us. Indeed. Uh, Marlon James joins us to talk about his most recent book, Moon Witch, Spider King, which is the second in his Dark Star trilogy. Correct. And actually, you know, it kind of sounds like a comic book title. <laughs> I feel like uh, I should see it's more uh, or a graphic novel or something. I mean, at some point, possibly they will make one, but it is it is more of built as an African Game of Thrones. Ooh, sounds intriguing. Well, I'm definitely forward to his interview. Well, we don't have long to wait. And afterwards, we're going to do a fantasy based recommendation segment of other books that we've enjoyed. Well, let's get started. That's a lot to do. Indeed. Our next guest is New York Times bestselling author Marlon James. His title includes The Book of Night Women, A Brief History of Seven Crows, which was the winner of the 2015 Man Booker Prize, and Black Leopard, Red Wolf. His most recent release is the second book in the Dark Star trilogy, Moon Witch, Spider King, which released just this week. Marlon, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it is definitely our pleasure. We both love fantasy so much. Uh, and for our listeners who, who might be unfamiliar, uh, would you tell us a little bit about the Dark Star trilogy and uh, Moon Witch Spider King? Sure. Um, the Dark Star trilogy um, is essentially, it's set in a sort of an imagined uh, fantasy Africa, uh, imagined sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and it follows these characters um adventurers mercenaries hunters witches um shapeshifters and also the creatures so who are hired to find this child um spoiler alert the child is the child is dead um and people want to know how the hell that happened and each novel there are two so far is a sort of a book-long inquest into the the story the first of the the trilogy was Black Leopard, Red Wolf, which follow the characters, Tracker. His name is Tracker. He doesn't have any other name. As he tells a story as he knows it, how the events came to pass. In, in that volume, which came out first, one of the villains is actually Sogolum. They, they, they call the Moon Witch. And in part two of this trilogy, Sogolum, this same so-called villain, takes over and she tells a story. So you can imagine... You know, if if the villain of book A is telling book, you know, book B, that a lot of what you thought may be true before turns out not to be. Or who knows, maybe she's lying too. Um, the, the, the thing about the trilogy is that the reader is going to have to decide which of these three characters are telling the truth. And which is so fascinating. I mean, I love uh, fantasy stories, but the, the two kind of, I guess, frame it that way is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was, one, I was reading a lot of African stories where the the same characters end up in different situations. I remember growing up with that. Um, it was, it's one thing to read fairy tales with all these different characters. It's nothing to hear stories where it's the same people, but in totally different stories. I remember that growing up. And that's something that's very much tied into um African and non-Western storytelling. And I think you know when I 
went back to when I started writing this book or this trilogy, that's one of the things that I remembered that um, you can have different versions of a story that end up being as long as novels or whatever. So did you find it a trickier to do the, uh, like a different perspective as, as opposed to the traditional trilogy, which is more of a sequel? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, for one, in order to write the second volume, I had to forget the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, not totally forget, because then I'd end up writing a totally different book. But I, you know, I had to be careful that I didn't write a novel that was just a reaction to the one before it. <clears throat> because Sogolon, the main character of this book, hasn't heard the previous novel. And there's a difference between me just rebutting something you said because I heard what you said mm-hmm. and me saying completely different, something completely different because I didn't hear what you said. What's important to me is not what's important to you. What emotionally is emotionally resonant to me is not to you. So we can look at the same thing. And because of what you bring to the situation, you might see the situation, you might see something completely different from how I see it. Um, so I had to remember that. And that was hard because it's hard to trick yourself into forgetting a book you wrote. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> changing, changing that type of perspective thing. Well, he said that, but no, wait, I can't. She doesn't know that. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Right. And there's a lot of that. I was like, wait, this wouldn't be in it because the person wouldn't know that. Mm-hmm. Or I can't make it seem as if, well, no, that's not how she felt about such and such. I'm like, maybe she didn't care mm-hmm. about that. And that's what happens. Um, in Sutherland's story, she starts, her story starts um, over a century before the events of Black Leopard, Red Wolf, because um, that's the perspective she has and that's what she cares about. And it's so interesting you say that too, because I feel like, well, for starters, I've never read, uh, wrote a book of any kind, and maybe one day, but uh, I feel like, like from my perspective, I would be like, I've got to map out everything from the first book just because I'm sure I'll have eagle eye readers who might try to trick me up or something like that. Mm. And, uh, and it, you make such a good point about like, well, it's our reality is essentially shaped by our perspective. And therefore, mm. you know, that doesn't make them an unreliable narrator. That just makes it mm. a completely different viewpoint. Yeah, but it's still, I still had an eagle editor who went, yeah, this is too off. <laughs> It's one thing to write a different perspective of a same event. It's another thing to get an entire city wrong. So it's like, you know, whether whether it's Soglan or Tracker, a desert is a desert and a sea is a sea. So, so I still had to remember to tie them back. Mm-hmm. That ultimately they're even in the room for the same reason. And um, their opinions about the reason are different, but the reason is the same. Mm-hmm. So it, I still had to bring it all back home and uh, and and tie them together because they are ultimately these books are very connected. So who's the uh, narrator in the third book? Or who's I that is a secret which I okay. not even my editor knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I should audition it. You know, um, Carly Simon auditioned uh, your Sylvain mm-hmm. charity. <laughs> I should do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely have the audience. <laughs> so uh, not only is our librarians and patrons excited to read uh, Moon Witch and Spider King, uh, and I put an end there, Moon Witch comma Spider King, 
Mm. But we're also excited to we hear uh, rumors or a talk of a movie as well starring Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you can confirm uh, on that? Is it well? He is. He's put. He's producing it. I don't think he's starring. He, I don't think he's starring in it. I, I, oh. I don't know. I don't know if the the black the Black Panther franchise will allow that, even if he did die in the movie. So oh. that that stuff to work out. Um, we are, you know, unfortunately, COVID added two years to everybody's plans. So it's almost as if we're back at square one, where we're just finishing up a script, and then, of course, from the script to go from you know casting and figuring out how this is going to work and. And um, so on. So we're pretty, we're still at the beginning stages, you know, which is cool because, you know, part of it too is also, you know, understandably they're going to go, well, okay, we're going to do a trilogy, but is there going to actually be another book? So now there is one and I go, oh, okay. Okay. It's for real now. Uh, well, yeah, I guess what I read uh, alluded or made me believe that uh, Michael B. Jordan was going to be a tracker. Uh, then, by that logic, if he's not, do you? Can I ask if you have a Dreamcast for Tracker? Of course, I have a Dreamcast. I had a Dreamcast when I was writing. Though <laughs> every book I write, I have a Dreamcast. Of course. <laughs> well, I, I hate to know, assume. <laughs> you know, I keep thinking, man, Jonathan Majors would be such a great tracker. After I watched Lovecraft Country, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, that'd be perfect. You'd be good and probably looks great with his shirt off. It's like, <laughs> you know, he could work. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to throw that in the universe. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I've got my fingers crossed. Right. We'll add to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sugla is going to be interesting because Sugla is 177 years old. And she does a lot of things that, honestly, 23-year-old women do. So I'm like, yeah, I want to see who, who, who we're going to, initially I said Cicely Tyson, but she passed. But yeah, it'll be great. I don't think there's ever been a lead. I can't think of a leading film with a 70 plus year old actress. Mm-hmm. Then probably, you know, it would be interesting if they, if, if they get somebody who's age appropriate. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Mm. So one of the questions we always ask our, our guest is what are you reading or what should we be reading? Oh my God. Oh, I think people should read whatever they want to read. I am reading a bunch of things. I am reading Ian McEwan's A Cement Garden. Mm-hmm. I am reading for the millionth time Gormenghast, it may be my favorite fantasy novel, fantasy series. And um, Mervyn Peaks Gormenghast novels, I'm rereading again. So I teach a fantasy course. And one of the things that I always do is I put these big rules on what you're supposed to do. And I did, I did one about economy and all of that. And I go, and now we're going to read Gormenghast, which breaks everything I just spend a whole week teaching you. <laughs> um, why is this novel great? It does everything I just spent five days telling you not to do. And here's a book that does it. Um, and we talk about it, about what, what makes Gormenghast, the Gormenghast novels, um, you know, so great. I, um, I, I've been rereading some of Jeff Vandermeer's early stuff because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily make a distinction between fantasy and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've been doing a lot of rediscovering lately. I just remembered how much this sci-fi novel from the early 90s called Vert blew my mind. And it's, it's becoming sort of a forgotten classic and I'm doing everything to bring it back. And it got so many things right. Now we're entering the metaverse. I'm like, oh, 
Vert was here way before mm-hmm. <laughs> with that. Jeff Noon's novel, Vert, and the sequel, Pollen. So I've been reading a lot of that. And weirdly enough, also Jane, not also Jane Austen's Persuasion, because, you know, you have to mix it up. Variety is the spice of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also the one way to end, not be bored. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, so we're just about out of time. So, but before we go, uh, what do you hope readers take away from your latest book? That, you know, that um, they're going to have to come to their own idea of what truth is. Because when I wrote Black Leopard, I believed him. Um, but when I wrote Moonwish King, I believed her. And I think readers are going to have to read these, these two novels and a third one. And what they may not realize happening, which I think is going to happen, is that their own story starts to take shape because if i tell you five versions of a story you start to pick okay i can use this i don't believe that and before you know it you don't realize you wrote your own story so i think i hope that's what happens i think that's what's going to happen with all these people saying i'm not telling you what to believe and i think eventually i mean the fan fiction on this is going to flip and explode because (laughs) everybody's like what i think was Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to that That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I love fan fiction. I mean, the very first things I wrote were fan fiction versions of the Incredible Hulk TV show because it always ended so sad and I just couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. So I always rewrote it where Hulk found a Hulk bride. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that episode now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, our guest today has been author Marlon James. You can find his latest book, Moon Witch, Spider King, right here at your Kirkwood Public Library or wherever thrilling page-turning fantasies are sold. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Well, Ryan, that was such a great interview. I learned so much about Marlon James. And he's an author I didn't actually know much about, so this was great. Yeah, thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed the Dark Star, uh, well, I would say trilogy, but we're still waiting on that third book. But so far, so good. I, I can't wait for that third book. So are you a big fantasy novel fan like me, who's always talking about Harry Potter? <laughs> I, I'm not much of a Harry Potter fan, but I definitely enjoy fantasy. I, I think I've mentioned D&D a time or two in the this realm. So I do try to keep up and read some of the good fantasies. Well, do you have a recommendation for our listeners? Well, I can probably pull out a couple, I think. So the first one, a fairly popular one from 2018. So it's very possible that people had uh, heard about this, but it is, uh, if you've not, it's definitely a great read. It's called The Children of Blood and Bone. Uh, It is by Tomi Ediemi, and uh, it is a really good read. So it basically, it is kind of a West African-inspired fantasy novel. There is basically, long story short, because it's such a good story, there's so much to it. It is in this land uh, that used to have a magi, uh, magic wielders, and essentially the king decides that this is no good and basically begins eradicating them. And the story centers around Zeli. I, I could be mispronouncing that wrong, as the main character. Her mother was killed through this edict. And she basically is coming of an age where she might be able to bring magic back to this world. And it is the story of, of her essentially trying to do this. It is a book that is you know, filled with, uh, with magic and monsters and wonder. And it's uh, fantastically written. And it's a very gorgeous book. Yeah, sounds like it. 
you know, it's nice to get uh, stories from other parts of the world. I don't think we've got a ton of stories out there with West African backgrounds. Uh, definitely not enough. Um, and uh, this is a, you know, this is a great read uh, and I would definitely read it. It, it made a lot of awards. Um, they are in uh, pre-production for the movie. Uh, so I can't wait to see that. Uh, I don't know where that where that is in the scale right now. It doesn't have much listed on IMDb, but it, when they do, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, most definitely. So I have one. Uh, it is titled The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. So this T.J. Klune writes these really fun, fantastical books. And so this one, as the main character's name is Linus Baker, and his life is disrupted when he is summoned by the department in charge of magical youth. And he is required to travel to this island orphanage where there are six dangerous children residing. A gnome, a sprite, a wyron, an unidentifiable green blob, a were Pomeranian, <laughs> and the Antichrist. So <laughs> That sounds fun. Doesn't it? I just, wow, this, this book sounds incredibly fascinating and I highly recommend it. It is, you'll be taken for a very interesting ride. Well, I will have to give it a shot because it is one I've heard of, but it is not one I've had the pleasure of reading it. Well, yeah, I mean, a were Pomeranian, that's a first. I don't think I've heard of a were Pomeranian. <laughs> that's a new one on me. I mean, I've heard of were dogs before, so therefore, I mean, by the transient pop properties of canines then, then maybe <laughs> just pomeranians are so teeny tiny so <laughs> i'm gonna be aware i you know i mean if i'm gonna go in the canine route and be aware i definitely would choose the wolf which is the more traditional one <laughs> it's not the size of your pomeranian it's what you do with your wear i guess Okay, well, do you have something else for us? Sure. This one feels more like a like maybe like some sort of cop out, but I am uh, I am excited nonetheless. While we're recording this, we are now beginning to see the previews for Amazon Prime's Lord of the Rings TV show, and it's got me super excited watching these commercials about the uh, some more of you know additional uh, Tolkien uh, mythos being brought to the bit the well I said big screen small screen. Uh, however big your screen is, uh, it, it looks like a lot of fun. So now this is the perfect moment to check out uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, go back through those. Go back through the Peter Jackson uh, extended edition of the trilogy. Now is the uh, perfect opportunity uh, just to basically revisit these wonderful characters and these wonderful worlds. And uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty excited because that's coming later this year and it'll be, I, you know, I, I imagine it'll be a lot of fun. You know, that is uh, interesting. I uh, did not even know that was happening. I'm, uh, you've caught me by surprise. I. <laughs> well, it's a big year for fantasy because, I mean, um, you know, we have that. Uh, I believe the Game of Thrones TV show is going to be coming this year, I want to say. And uh, I'm less excited about that. Uh, but I mean, it's still exciting. I mentioned in a previous podcast 
that I was geared up for The Legend of Vox Machina coming to Amazon Prime. And and now I'm on the other side of it. It's, it's aired and I think it's an amazing program. So if you have the opportunity to watch that. Uh, that one's definitely for adults. I would throw that out there. That is my word of warning, but it is it is a lot of fun. And so. Wait, so go back. So they're doing another Game of Thrones? Uh, yeah, there is a Game of Thrones TV show coming out. Uh, it is going to be a prequel, oh. as I understand it. It's going to be about the rise and fall of the Targaryens. <laughs> okay. Wow, I didn't see that one coming either. I was like, what, is it HBO or is it going to be Amazon Prime? That one, I want to say that's HBO. Well, I guess HBO is milking that particular cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Amazon's got the Lord of the Rings, so the two are going to go basically head to head, I assume. Well, actually, so to jump on that other, the bandwagon here, my other recommendation was the Wheel of Time series, which I believe is nine books. And mm -hmm. so we have them in, we have some of them in the library and I'm sure we can get them through interlibrary loan, but Amazon Prime also did a TV show for that, for the Wheel of Time, which I thought was really excellent. So season one uh, just, just finished and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved how so Wheel of Times are big, giant books. And so if you read them, they're great. But I loved how Amazon focused it more. And so the storyline's a little bit more like they, you know, because these are, each individual book is probably about 700 pages on average. So. <laughs> well, most fantasies generally tend to lean, lean heavily towards that. <laughs> There's not too oh, many absolutely. fantasies that are tiny. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Because they're, yeah, I mean, most are 120. I mean, 120K is the average word count for a lot of those books versus your typical, say, mystery novels around 80 to 85K. So it's it's a huge amount of extra word counts. And, and that's, I feel like that's because of the genre leans heavily on. We have to have, we have to have a lot of characters and we have to have immense world build, building to make it believable and, and a, a fantasy to lose yourself in. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, that's one of the things I love about fantasy is the world building. To me, creating a whole new world that has got magic or dragons or what, I mean, you know, whatever, it's, it's incredible. Yes, I uh, completely agree. Always a big thing. Well, listeners, you've heard our recommendations for fantasy. Are you fans of fantasy? Let us know by writing to us. You can send those ravens, missives, and other emails to Owls. our email. Owls, I guess, yeah, Owls count. <laughs> uh, magical messages uh, to podcast at KirkwoodPublicLibrary.org. That's our show this week. Thank you so much for listening. Jagish and I leave now with our copies of Moon Witch, Spider King, Firmly in Hand. But before we head off to wildly speculate about the contents of the third Dark Star title, I'd like to thank Marlon James for being our very special guest this week and sharing his book with us. It's a fantastic read. Join us next week when our guest will be Kai Harris with her book, What the Fireflies Knew. We leave now on a gross and interesting quote uh, from one of my favorite authors and former podcast guests, Mary Roach. Life contains these things, leakage and wickage and discharge, pus and snot and slime and gleat. We are biology. We are reminded of this at the beginning and at the end, at birth and at death. In between, we do what we can to forget. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.